This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes, in person. Yeah, back in the studio, putting in that work. No 2.0, Polly in the flesh, back in the studio after self-quarantining for personal reasons. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, I ended up getting a nice little isolated vacation. Um... And I needed that work. Work's been a little taxing, even from my couch. Has it? Yeah. I uh, feel like maybe you're being a bitch here. Yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a nice break, and then we played some beer league last night. So uh, and well, hockey's back. You, you played half, you know, a full game. I played <laughs> half a game, but we'll get into that. Um. Caps fans, big week. I mean, we got to see the Washington Capitals play some actual games that sort of mattered. But uh, coming up, we're going to see some real games that matter very much so. Um, and, and we'll get into that. We'll get into league news. We'll, we'll tell you what's going on around the league and, and discuss uh, some of the matchups that we saw this week. Um, but all in all, a pretty good week for hockey. I mean, what? While you were while you were on your vacation, Polly, did you get to enjoy like what six games a day in some in some instances? Uh, I never got to enjoy them all, but I'd say I saw at least part of three four games a get a day. Yeah, I mean, what a time to be alive, right? Yeah, it's it's like March Madness, but way 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 better. <laughs> yeah, it's August Anarchy, baby. Yeah. Hashtag August Anarchy, uh, you know, go ahead and use it. Yeah, Caps fans. trademark made yeah. by Paul Henry. <laughs> oh, I just gave the full name. Oh, uh-oh. Call it Polly Cupcakes. But, Polly uh, Cupcakes. Well, you know, I mean, I guess with that, I, I, I feel like we should just kind of dive into it. We've got a lot to talk about. So, you thirsty? Yeah. One, two, three. All right. So, the NHL has done... And at this point, it's probably even more. Over 7,000 COVID-19 tests done to their players and staff uh, of each individual team and has had zero, zero positives. That's impressive. Gary Bettman can do one thing right, and that is handle a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, marketing, trash. Everything else about the league, pretty trash but fucking throwing a pandemic throwing throwing logistics and sheltering uh sheltering players from from getting sick and and staff definitely 10 out of 10 i i don't think it could go any better to be completely honest yeah uh i mean zero positives that that literally is perfection <laughs> right Right, the only time Batman's probably been perfect in his life, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, not in any case, I mean that's great news for us hockey fans because that means that the league gets to continue, uh, playoffs will continue, and eventually the Stanley Cup will be 100 percent awarded. Um, I mean, 
great news. And I'm honestly super surprised you've seen, I'm sure, the MLB flack that uh, they're getting. Did they cancel it yet? Or uh, I don't think so, but I think a couple more teams have had to cancel like 10, 15 games at a time. Oh, fuck. That's a disaster. It's mm-hmm. an absolute disaster. Yeah, I, I think the same thing is going to happen to football. Any right. sport that's not in a bubble. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, the player bubble in, in the hotels seems pretty sick. Like, they have golf simulators, food, pool, uh, any creature comfort that you could really want. It's just they just can't leave the area. I, I, I don't feel like they're making it tough on these on these athletes. No, uh, they had Tyson Jost. I think it was during the Vegas game. They had him. They showed a clip of him showing him in the bubble. And, you know, they've got all kinds of food and then recreational stuff like ping pong and video games and stuff. And then they have a big, like, and I didn't see the pool, but it might be where the pool is. But they just have, like, a big, like, tanning deck and wow up like on the side of the building they just have a huge tv where they can watch the other games while are they're... you fucking serious yeah <laughs> like a projector oh or i think like it's a, like a... the screen on like the side of an arena uh, oh fuck like a jumbotron yeah yeah jumbotron holy shit that's so sick <laughs> yeah so and they probably have like i would assume unlimited massages and shit like that, right? Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure they're they're they've got tons of training staff, or at least some training staff on hand to work out any any kinks that they may or may not have have encountered in this play in this return to play. Uh, speaking of, you know, injuries and, and nursing things back into health, though, I mean, I have noticed that quite a, I mean. We'll get into the actual injuries later, uh, at least what I've seen. But there are some teams who are definitely hurting from injuries, and I think that I think there's only really a couple teams that are unscathed through both this exhibition round and this this uh, initial play in round. Um, I mean, what do you what do you see? I, I I feel like it's more injuries than you would normally see in a playoff. Obviously, there's more teams, but what? And I've no data to back this up. But what, what do you what do you think, Paulie? Well, you and I are watching the uh, Maple Leafs Jackets game. Yeah, and Tyson Berry just went down. Yeah, I mean that's a huge part. Uh, Shifley, I think that the the Jets first line, first entire five have been fucked up. Uh, you know, for the Caps, John Carlson uh, got hurt in an exhibition game. I just think that uh, maybe, maybe. It was a, I hate to say it, a little too much too soon. Do you think, or do you think it's just that, just the the an overall atmosphere of playing game speed from? Well, I would have to say, only a two week preparation after four months away from, you know, professional staff and strength training coaches. Yeah. I can see where it it probably was too much too soon. Yeah, but at the same time, man, I mean. What what were you doing in the? I mean, I think that. Do you think that it's an indication that maybe maybe some players were weren't taking it as serious? They weren't training when I I could give them like three weeks, but at that month mark, you're like, oh shit, I need to get off the couch. Well, 
I mean, it it's not like it's cardio related. So I think they all probably got their work in, but their bodies aren't ready for the beating. So you're getting playoff intensity essentially at the beginning of a season. Right. Like so, right then and there. Right. Yeah. So imagine playoff intensity in October in a normal setup. They'd probably be getting hurt then too. Interesting. So you don't think it's actually, you don't think that it has to do with the return. You think that it's just kind of a, you think that it would be, if they were, I mean, you think it would see this many injuries if it were a normal season? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is because it's playoff intensity at the beginning. Gotcha. Their bodies aren't, they haven't like built up the resistance to the pain yet. Right. Or just the stress of the muscles. Yeah. Cause or just, like, I mean, some of them seem kind of like some of the injuries seem just kind of flukish in the sense of like somebody just played somebody too hard in the back. I mean, or whatever that looks like. I mean, obviously Jake Muzzin to, uh, isn't going to be available for the rest of the series here with Columbus, which ends tonight, but he looked out of sorts kind of in a, I guess maybe that's that's I'm I'm focusing in on on a wrong situation, but you know he he took a dinger it looked like off the head and from the weird fall that he he had from a push from behind and it was a definitely a hard hit but I don't know maybe maybe that shapes out differently if if that's game you know seventy right, right? I don't know I mean I think I guess maybe it's just we should just settle on it's a combination of guys having times time off the excitement and intensity of coming back just straight into the playoffs and uh and just resulting in in a lot of injuries right off the bat yeah i mean the the fact that it's an unprecedented situation mm-hmm. i think really attributes to the doubt surrounding the phenomenon fair enough absolutely um you know, one thing I've been noticing, though, about the gameplay is that I didn't think that they were, when they came back and started in the playing round at the beginning of the week, I really didn't think that they looked bad. I mean, I some teams maybe had a little rust, and I think that you could see that when pucks got lost at the feet. I think that guys were just trying to, like, defend themselves. They weren't really, like, taking the time to look down and feel the puck at their feet in the triangle where you lose it. Um and then they were just guarding themselves from not trying, not getting run over, you know, because like as soon as you lose a puck at your feet and you're not, you're like playing in a game that's faster than maybe you're expecting. I feel like the first thing that you do. And, and if you've played like hitting hockey is to, is to kind of like form up, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not die like pucks in my feet. Let's not die. And then I can get the puck later. Right. Survive. Right. Um, so, but, but I mean, what do you think? I mean, I've seen them. I don't, I don't think it was a lot of, Rust, honestly, I don't, I didn't, maybe the first game, maybe. Yeah, I think overall it's looked pretty darn good. I I think if you plopped this into April, it looks like playoff hockey. Sure. No, I, I agree. Absolutely. The only thing missing is the crowds erupting when, you know, people fight. <laughs> What did you? What do you think about the crowd noise? Um, you think it's cool? Yeah, you know, I was actually just telling my family today that I absolutely don't mind a no fans game. Yeah, it's easy 
to forget that they're not there. Right. And I think it kind of makes focusing on gameplay a little better. Yeah. Um, not that like crowds, I, I don't notice. I barely notice that they're gone. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not like pissed off about it. Yeah. The, the crowd noise though is sweet. It's, it's <clears throat> especially, you know, at Capital One or any big arena that has a lot of crowd noise. I, I think that it's, uh, I missed that part because obviously in heightened, I, I think that they, I mean, who is the guy that's sitting there like, this is what the crowd's going to sound like yeah. if, if this happens. And then they like turns the dial or like, what is, how does that setup work? Um, because when they make, when like the goalie makes a save, a big one, there's like crowd noise. I mean, you've noticed that, right? Actually, I haven't really. Yeah. I mean, anything I'm hearing is the commentators. Interesting. I, I mean, I've seen, F, I've de- I mean, I'm not going crazy. I've definitely seen instances where, like, goalie makes a big save and, like, there's crowd noise in the back. It's definitely not as um, prevalent as it would be if there were crowds there. But uh, as far as watching from home, like the, the rest of us slobs normally do, I I don't think that it, it's detracted too much. So one, one thing I really like about the setup right now is I feel like I'm hearing more hockey sounds on the ice. Oh yeah. You know, more, more tings, more blades, more just stick on puck. And I love it. Right. Um, but you won't be hearing any cussing because there's a five second delay, you know, and I've only heard a few times where they actually like silenced the audio for cussing for the most part. They must just, I mean, I don't know. They must have to cuss pretty loud to be heard. <laughs> yeah, but I've definitely screamed fuck at the top of my lungs playing hockey. I did last night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a beautiful pass in the slot, no one between me and the goalie, and I sailed it high. Right. And well, I that's just screamed fuck me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I'm sure the whole arena heard you. Even though we don't have, we're not allowed to have fans. Not that we would have any if we were allowed, but you know what I mean, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know what I have been seeing though. What? And I didn't. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see any press on the NHL saying, "Hey, we're gonna be start. We're gonna call this penalty more when we come back. This penalty less." Or you know how they kind of at the beginning of the year give everybody that kind of lowdown here's our points of emphasis i guess yeah and you know you know obviously for many years it's been hits from behind and other times it's been like you know slashes and stick work thanks crosby um <clears throat> i've seen a ton of stick work going on in these early rounds and just ridiculous slashes on the hands and straight up chops and some of them get called, a lot of them don't. The ones that do get called, though, are basically if the puck carrier gets touched in the hands at all, mm-hmm. you know, via slash or hook, they're 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 the 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 refs are definitely honing in on that. Have you noticed any of this? Um, not as much the how much it is theirs of being called, but I have noticed that it's present in the in the play. Right. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are going on the hands with the stick and I, yeah, I think 
you know, they're, they're, they're a step behind. So that's a way to kind of bridge that gap. Right. So I think that's why we might be seeing more of it because they're still adjusting and getting back to gameplay. Yeah. You think it's kind of like just the feet aren't there. So they're trying to do anything to disrupt the play. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know how many coaches you've said you've had that have told you this, but you know, you take those, you know, a quote unquote lazy penalty. You take those penalties because your feet aren't moving. Exactly. You know, that like the hooks and the slashes, you take those because your feet aren't moving. And if your feet are always moving, you're never going to be called for a hook because the ref, I, well, maybe like nine times out of 10, at least if you're skating next to a guy and you've got a hook in him and you're still churning the feet, I feel like the ref is way less likely to call anything on you. Yeah, it's and more it obvious. Less egregious. Right? Yeah, if your feet are 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 stagnant, it's way more noticeable. Right. Absolutely, because you're just hanging on. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> maybe that's why we've been seeing it. Maybe it's why it's so more noticeable because guys' feet aren't aren't as live as they would be uh, <clears throat> in the in the regular play. Well, I guess you know some bright league news is, is the penguins are no longer in the fucking playoffs. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs to begin with. And I've told, I've, you know, a hundred times on this fucking, on this podcast, I've said the penguins aren't going to make the playoffs this year and they didn't deserve to make it throughout. You're, you're kind of right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I sort of am, but they, this was still considered the playoffs, but literally I said that the penguins will not make the playoffs. And right before the break, they were, I thought, on the way to playing themselves out. Yeah, I mean, they're the fifth seed and 10 to 12 games left. Very possible that they could have played themselves out. Especially when the Rangers and the Flyers were surging so hard. Yeah, <clears throat> which the Flyers look good. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but, you know, uh, during that whole series, you know, obviously Crosby's doing his normal thing, flopping, diving around, screaming, crying at the refs. I saw a lot of that actually, even more so than than normal playoff series. So uh, some things never change. Um, <clears throat> thought Price was good. Yeah. Uh, Montreal wasn't as and again, you know, we had Jay Fresh on here, big Penguins fan, analytics guy. Uh, he said that he thought that the penguins should have would would win. And I think that we both did too, but at the same time, Montreal was not going to be a pushover that a lot of penguins fans thought it would be. Yeah. And you know, really I only thought their only chance was if price got really hot and stole the series, which he did play very well, but I think they came together as a team and really played good, consistent hockey. I think the, uh, the Habs really kind of, um, performed above and beyond all people's like the team, not just price. The team in as a whole performed a lot better than a lot of people thought they were gonna they were gonna do. So I'm sure Benders and Biobenders and uh Mason Dixon there at the uh the Habs Habs podcast on the hockey podcast network are pretty fucking pumped. I'm pumped for him. Yeah, it was it was good to see. <laughs> um just some random things we I wanna point out. Uh Tucker Pullman, dude. What a beast. I need to look that up. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I don't know who. I forget who hit him, but the player who hit him catches the puck, uh, probably top of the circles on the left side. I'd, I want to say close to the slot, though, like still left side. Pullman goes down, 
and mistimes his he's sliding to block it, like so feet first towards the boards. The guy holds it, the the the, the shooter holds it for like a half a second and does kind of like a little like stutter step, tiny one, and just lets it go. But by this time Pullman has his slid, so his face is right in front of the shot oh. and just think like just right off the fucking dome right off the face man <laughs> i mean when he came back it looked like this dude had a growth on this a goiter Jesus. on the side of his head insane right in the kiss like right in the jaw in the cheek area it's a shame that they're in the bubble because he really could have cashed in on that after the game you think oh yeah you go to a bar and be like hey watch this replay and it's <laughs> you know Whoever he's talking to would see it, and he'd be like, yeah. You're a badass, dude. It's happening at night. <laughs> Except he probably would just stay in the hotel and fucking pass out after a beer and, like, a tin yeah. Percocet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be high as fuck. Yeah. yeah. He was high as fuck coming back, dude. They had to give him the liquid shit, I'm sure. Uh, or some sort of, like, crazy Russian gas, but... uh Man, came back, finished the game. What a beast. Um, we talked about Muzzin took an awkward spill. And there was a hit from behind on the play behind his own net. Uh, gets hit from behind and kind of like falls awkwardly forward into another player's leg. And his head kind of like hits and, and he kind of scorpions back uh, and and tries to get up. Like realizes he's hurt. Tries to get up, but just ends up sitting like on the ice, like like just really clearly shooken up. Um, gets told to lay down by the trainers, and it looked like they held like a C spine on him, and then got him on the stretcher with an immobilizer to the neck. You know what I mean? Like where mm-hmm. you, where they put the like foam yeah. on you, and uh, got carted off. So that's a big loss for the for the Leafs who have been kind of getting hit in the mouth by Columbus. And I guess we'll see tonight. I mean, Columbus is up, what, one nothing right now? Yeah, last I saw, it was one nothing. Um, I don't think that's a valid excuse for them to blow the series, especially with the star talent and, and top talent that they have. But End of the second, still one nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, obviously, best wishes to Muzzin. He's a, he's a solid dude. And player, hopefully he uh, he comes back quick. But shitty to see um, a hit from behind there, like a, a cross check. And again, I don't, I forget who threw the cross check. I'm not here to point fucking fingers and lay blame on this. I'm not going to dissect it that way. But uh, again, you know, is that it's it, it? Would you consider that slop from from coming back and having to play in this environment, or do you think it's just kind of that's a, it's a shitty play either way? Or maybe both. Yeah, I mean, I think that shit happens. I mean, right. it's not... It could be because it's right after they came back, but, I mean, that, that stuff happens randomly all yeah. over the all over the place. Did you see the play? No, I didn't. Uh, I'll have to look that up, too. Yeah, he, like, um... I mean, he's going behind... He, like, he's got the puck going behind and dishes it out, and as, he's, as the puck's away, a uh, four-checker comes in and just kind of, like hits him in the back across his shoulders and causes him to fall forward, which that's a play that's happened a hundred times, million times. Yeah. Right. Uh, and first of all, I don't know if you expect 
when you're throwing that hit, which is not legal, but I don't know if you expect the guy to fucking go forward and fall. I don't, I don't know if you expect him to leave it, like lose his feet there, lose his skates there. Uh, in any case, shitty. I don't know what has been going on with the player safety. I don't know if people have been getting suspended. I know that like one guy got suspended for things that he did pre lock or pre pause. But have you, you haven't heard of anybody getting shit canned player no. safety. Have you? Uh, uh-uh. yeah. So maybe they're just taking a fucking break. Old Paris over there, but whatever rags, poor Rangers, man. You know, they, they looked okay at points. There were points where I thought they could take a game, one of the games they'd been losing, and and win. They're going to be scary in the future. The Rangers? Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of potential, a lot of upside. But, uh, I mean, just just couldn't get over that. Over the, over, who did they even, oh, Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they were the first out, the Rangers were. But, so, as far as Metro goes, folks, uh... Carolina is moving on, but uh, I think, first of all, I think that the Rangers didn't play as well as they could have, but the Canes came out and played way better than anybody thought they would have. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's a young team. They forecheck with a lot of energy. Uh, they're not afraid to bang, but at the same time, that's not the, that's not necessarily their game, but they definitely came out and just smacked the Rangers around. Um I think that they also had a, uh, oddly enough, I feel like the, the Hurricanes had a pretty good defensive structure under Rod Brindamore there. Yeah. Um, I think the Hurricanes look like one of the two best teams in the East right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you could be right. Um, obviously it's weird because when you, when you say like the East and you try to divide it up in a conference, I don't. You know, there's not it, it, two, four of the teams of each conference are playing for completely different reasons. They're not; they're just playing for seeding, which some have speculated, and I agree that it's not as important, obviously, as playing for elimination. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 still coming out and giving you a very good effort, but there's a different motivation there, and even if you think you're playing your best. When the motivation factor changes, there's always something else you can give. Right, and when Pete, when teams start to get desperate because they're going to fucking be out, mm-hmm. that's a huge difference between, oh, I'd rather be playing as a one seed versus a two seed or a three seed. Right. Right. Um, well, I guess, uh, oh, and we talked about the Jets briefly, but yeah. fuck, everybody's hurt for them. Shifley... Their top five are basically out, so... They're Band-Aid Factory. Yeah. Um, and they didn't move on, did they? No. They yeah. uh, they lost to Calgary, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, tough, tough out for the Jets, but let's just give you a rundown on the, uh, on who's, on, on the matchups for next, next, uh, next round. The actual... First round of the seven game series, which is basically the quarterfinals of the playoffs as we've already known them, right? No, is it- this this is like a normal first round. Right. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, quarter. Yeah. Well the the conference quarterfinals. Right. 
Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right, Polly. Fuck. Well, yeah. not the league quarterfinals. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, we've got the Canadians versus the Flyers. What do you think about this one? Um, <laughs> dude, the Flyers have are scaring me. They're, I've, I've wrote them off until now, and now I'm like, oh shit. Well, they just went. What is it? Three and zero. Smacked everyone around in the entire Metro, and well, in the entire Eastern Conference. Yeah, they did not really look like they were challenged. Yeah. Um, they came out skating like uh, in in D three during the scrimmage. The varsity <laughs> team beating up on the Ducks. Right. Um, you know, if the Canadians win, they are the Pennsylvania state champions. Yep. But uh, after beating both Pennsylvania teams, but I think the Flyers are going to win in five. Wow. Canadians, they'll steal one with Price. Yeah. And the Flyers are going to continue rolling. Well, you know my rule. In any playoff series, winning a, cu- a cup-winning playoff run, your goalie has to steal at least four games. So price has one more because I think that he basically stole all three from the penguins. Right. So, which is, God, that's how amazing is that? It's just great to see. We are into normal Stanley cup playoffs. Yeah. And the penguins are not there. I know. Oh it's my God. Look at incredible. these smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the fucking Canadians of all teams that, that knocked him. I mean, that's a 12 seed dude. That's, that's a, Fucking embarrassing. The lowest seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing. Exactly. Um, Fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so, the, okay. So, the Flyers probably going to... I've got the Flyers here to, to beat the Canadians, but who knows? The, the Canadians, with their trap, have been highly effective. Not the most exciting brand of hockey, but... Uh, being able to get shelled and kind of just mitigate chances, good scoring chances, has given a lot of uh, Carey Price a lot of work, but maybe not as much uh, impossible shots to save. What the the trap, the one New Jersey two cups mm-hmm. and took them to one or two others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it may not be the most exciting thing to watch, but... When you're playing a trap and then you create an opportunity, it's like way more exciting because right. you don't get to see it anyway. But, <laughs> you know, whatever it takes to win, it, yep. it may not be the most enjoyable, but if you get results, your team's going to appreciate it. Right. And speaking of traps, let's, I mean, roll right into the Caps. The Caps have, they beat Boston today um, and Boston has been really in the shitter. So they're a four seed. The Caps are a three seed. Tampa Bay ended up being the two seed. And the Flyers, who went undefeated in in round-robin play, uh, were the one seed, obviously. And that's why they're playing a 12 seed in this next round. But the Caps are going to end up playing Barry Trotz's Islanders, who looked good against Florida. Florida also sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do. But, let's see, Florida looks so bad that... The Islanders looked like a high-flying team. Right. Like, the Islanders looked like Carolina. One game, the Islanders... I think the first game that the Islanders played and won, they did have to employ a trap and basically turtled after being up by one. And 
you know, say what you will about Trotz, but he, he was definitely a defensive responsibility coach, you know, harped on it and was adamant and sometimes to our frustrations when he was with the Caps of maybe turtling too soon, um, which probably cost a couple regular season games. But at the same time, I mean, with this, uh, it it's obvious that every Islander player since last year to now has bought into the system that Trotz is, is, is spitting out there, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the system fits the roster. The right. roster fits the system. Um, they they have the guys there to play this kind of hockey. Absolutely, and I I think I think Trotz, if not this year, he's got a pretty good future in New York. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, and I mean, you you look at a guy like that, and you know he's he's gonna land on his feet anywhere he goes. But uh, you yeah, you have those players. It's it's you have those veterans play veteran players like. Anders Lee and um, I mean Eberle and and then those like kind of veteran presence players who weren't ever going to go out and make a bid for the Richard or the Art Ross, but at the same time had uh, were were solid players. Maybe not high flying, high scoring, but at the same time could play a system and and commit to it fully, play physically and and shut guys down. Mix that in with guys like fucking Barzal and this Bolivier guy and, you know, some of their younger talent who may be relied on to score more. Um, and that's really what they did to Bobrovsky and, and the Panthers just kind of sat back, let the Panthers you do. I mean, it, if you were going to get into a shootout and, and a run and gun play with the Panthers, that's where the Panthers might upset you, right? Right. I mean, yeah, during the regular season, they were winning games like 8-5. to five. Yeah, that's where they might get you. But hunkering down, sticking to a system, that's and, and turtling properly, that's where the that's where the Panthers are going to get stymied. And, and it showed here. They had a good game plan. Um, though I think that against the Caps, they're going to have a good uh, – they're going to have a good run for their money because the Caps can play both the high-flying and they can also shut you down. Uh, maybe employ a little bit of a trap if they need to. So, obviously, I have the Caps in this matchup in six. Yeah, I like that pick. Same. Yeah. All right, uh, Bruins Hurricanes. All right, like so, we'll go with the we'll go with the Maple Leafs last, just in case they uh, actually pull one out here. So, do you have the score? Is it still is it still two nothing? No, or it was one, one nothing. One nothing. I mean, uh, let me see if the period has started yet. Uh, they're just about to start the third. Okay, so going into the third, Leafs jackets, uh, jackets up not one nothing. Yep. Right. Okay. So, sorry, switching back, Bruins versus Hurricanes. The Bruins have looked like dog shit this entire round robin, but they have zero people injured. Unlike everyone else, it seems like maybe the Flyers. The Flyers look completely healthy, and we'll get into this in the wrap round, but. You know, we're out John Carlson, we're out Samsonov. Um, but what what do you do you think the Bruins are slow playing this? Do you think that they're just it doesn't matter, we'll 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 take who we take? Yeah, I think there just wasn't a sense of urgency because they're the, I think they're just using the opportunity to get their legs back. Really? So you think they're completely dick I mean, Poster not not a single goal. 
I mean, I think they they would have liked to win. Right. But, you know, sometimes you just don't get up for it. And I don't think they got up for any of these three games. I would definitely agree with that. I just wonder if that was more of a conscious decision versus, ah, uh, well, we were, you know, it's like when you fucking beat your friend. And, like, so, like, when you score in lacrosse practice uh, a goal against me, you know, obviously I was not trying, right? Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, um, it wasn't a conscious decision. I think they were like, "All right, boys, let's go win this." You know, they didn't. They were. They didn't have that excitement. They they probably weren't wooing and right and getting all worked up. They're like, "All right, let's go. Let's let's go get a win." Yeah. You know. All right. Let's be professionals here, please. Yeah. And now they're gonna be like, "Uh, okay, it's time to play now. Let's right. let's get worked up." <laughs> Honestly. I mean, what do you think of this? Because right now, the way that the Hurricanes have come in with this momentum, having already been, uh, you know, on, on like on fire here, winning, coming out, sweeping the rags, you know, had some days off, going into the series, who do you got to win? Hurricanes look good. Bruins are going to show up with their experience. And I think the Hurricanes are going to win Game 7, 4-1. to one. Fuck. I thought I was... I thought I was hoping I said you were going to say... right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, thought, I thought I was hoping... <laughs> yeah, you said Hurricanes. I, I was hoping you weren't going to say Hurricanes in 7 because I have Hurricanes in 7 as well. The Bruins... I just... But if there's any team in the NHL right now who can... Who... Well, here's here's my thing. The Bruins are notorious, and that's their whole game plan is being able to like play a consistent game night in, night out. That's what's got them the Presidents Trophy, right? Because they do have the Presidents Trophy this year, right? Yeah, that's what got them the Presidents Trophy is being able whatever whatever night you it is, the Bruins are going to come in play a great defensively, you know, a defensive team structured system, um, make you work for literally every inch all over the ice. And uh, they've got that high, good goaltending and that high-end talent that can bury and make the skill plays. I feel like that's a pretty good rundown of how the Bruins are right in, in the in the regular season leading up to this. Now you have them obviously have come out flat. You know, Pasta's fucking invisible. Um, Marshawn's just being Marshawn. But really, I, I just, they were, I felt like they were a shadow of their former selves. And and now they're they're gonna have to play a team who's going to be ultra aggressive, has a great young blue line and uh, decent goaltending, along with um, some high end offensive talent and Aho and uh, who's their who's their guy who's just lighting it up? Uh, Svechnikov. Yes, Svech. Yeah, with the fucking lacrosse move. Yeah, he's got two this year. I know what a what a fucking showboater. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh I mean you're looking at, at that and, and it seems like the canes are in full stride, whereas the if if it truly is a situation where the, the Bruins have been like, Oh, we weren't trying, they're gonna really need to flip the switch coming into this. Yeah, I mean I, I think the Hurricanes are gonna get a quick jump and then the Bruins experience is gonna help even things out. Right. And it'll be you know, it'll be a nice nice back and forth and then the Hurricanes' youth and energy, I think, is what's going to win it at the end. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. That's going to be one to watch. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, we're looking at and and now it's it's the Lightning versus the Maple Leafs or the Blue Jackets. But listen to these matchups: Canadians v Flyers. That's a rid- who the fuck would have thought that would ever happen in the next five years in this in these playoffs, right? Right. So that's a cra- crazy matchup. Um, you know, there were already crazy matchups in this play-in round, which has been great. So just furthering the trend. Then you've got uh, Caps Isles, two teams that have history through via coaching, right? Yeah. Um, Bruins Hurricanes. That's another odd one. You know, you wouldn't think that that's kind of that. You wouldn't think that that's a matchup that you would see, right? Well, it'd be it would be the Battle of New England if they were still the Hartford Whalers, right? Um, and they have a tiny bit of history because they met in the conference finals last year, but. Uh, that's about all all they have in terms of history is last year's conference finals. Who the Bruins and Canes? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, the Canes made it the conference finals last year. Yeah. Uh, oh, second round they beat the Isles. That's right. And that's then... right. Seems like so long ago. I know. Um, it's been over a year. Yeah. Uh, Caps Isles. That's been a matchup we've seen, but not with this coaching staff, right? Right. So it's a little more classic. Yeah. So this is uh exciting for sure. And then the Lightning who were good. They look good coming back in. Yeah. You know. Um if the Blue Jackets win, that that'll be an interesting rematch. Right, because the Blue Jackets smacked them in the face, booted them first round with a sweep last year. Can you imagine if they swept them again? <sighs> that the Blue Jackets might if, <laughs> no matter if they win and get to play the Lightning. They they might finally like create a real rival. Yeah, because I don't think yeah. they have a rival. Yeah. You're actually, I mean, that's a good, that's a really good point because the Blue Jackets are kind of just on an island. Yeah, I mean, rivalries are built in the playoffs. Sure, I mean, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. Yeah, and I I know regular season divisional games add to that, but you have to have the playoff matchups. Yeah, absolutely. When it when it you have to end somebody's season for it to be a true rivalry, I feel. Yeah, and so if the Jackets can beat them two years in a row, I think that would really make the Lightning fans hate. Because I mean, who's like the Lightning's like hated rival? I feel like they're just one of those fan bases that has that team they hate playing, right? But they're not, you know, they they don't have a, a Caps Pens. Or sure. uh, a well, Boston. not many, not many do. But yeah, they don't have a, a Boston like Montreal. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I, and you're you're absolutely right. And actually, I would not hate to have that be a rivalry, Columbus and 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 Tampa. Yeah, battle the Blues. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of another blue team, though, that the, the the they still have to get the the Jackets still have to get through the Maple Leaves. The 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 Loafs just. How about Torts? I mean, how about this dude coming in, instilling defensive systems, and being like, "This is just how we're gonna play." Lose literally your whole team, your your star goalie, your star scorer, and still come out, and then fucking you know make it farther than the Rangers right now. You know, after that last World Cup, I remember I. I had the thought that Torts is the wrong guy to lead Team USA 
in international play because yeah. he is going to try to put in his system and it's it's too short of a time. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a long-term coach, he would be one of my first picks. And see, that's interesting because after he won the Cup with Tampa, or that's where he won, right? Tampa? Yeah. Uh, after that, he, he just bounced around at a couple different teams and, and made immediate had immediate success, but kind of tapered off and then they fired him here. It's like the opposite. He's actually shown his medal as like a, a coach of longevity. So I love it. But, uh, I mean, you know, the Maple Leafs are just trash. They, I, they, they just need to be out. They need to be out. I want to see the turmoil that happens with this. They've got some of the best players in the league. And I, I just, you know, if they go out though, all of, you know, McDavid's out. Crosby's out. Uh, Matthews, Matthews, Tavares. Yeah, Matthews, Tavares, both out. The the only star, as it should be in the playoffs, that, that is high, you know, high profile would be like Ovi. And, yeah. You know. At least in the Pasternak. East. Yeah, Ovi and Pasternak, you know. And the, the West, I mean, they've only got a couple big stars as well. Right. I mean, Tazen came. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then McKinnon's getting up there because he's true. been a, an MVP candidate a couple times. That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, and speaking of the West, we've got Vegas versus the Blackhawks. Um, Black Vegas Hawks, looks good. You think? You think Vegas is real? That's well, what I was going to ask you. They went through the round robin undefeated. They right. played a very good game against the Avalanche. Um, the Blackhawks, though, they showed up. They they played tight with uh, Edmonton and their experience really showed there. Yeah, and their um, defensive, you know, obviously abilities for sure. Um, which, goddamn, I mean, can't the Oilers just get it fucking together? Right. You know, it's almost like it's another like um, or uh, another Maple Leaf situation where they just have all this fucking talent up front. And still can't get it done. Right. And all the history. So there's the expectation from the fans. Sure. Absolutely. So poor McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're out of the playoffs. Bounced by the Blackhawks in four. Yeah. And uh, it just... Uh, I was surprised. I thought this should have been a lock for for Edmonton to, to move on. So this is where... This is like my one pick that I didn't... That I don't think I uh, I did well in. You see, coming into this, actually, uh, in the West, this was the one series where I thought they should be afraid of the lower seed the most. Like, if for any of the teams playing, the Oilers had the most to worry about, Right, I thought. And same thing with the Canadians and the Penguins. Both 12 seeds, East and West, I thought, even though they weren't the most, uh, you know, successful this season those were the two teams that had the ability to pull some shit off and they both did yeah absolutely and good for them um vegas i'm not sure is real deal yet uh you know it's kind of hard to respect a team that you smacked around in five games for the cup so uh it's a different team though yeah that is true that is true so who knows i mean chandler stevenson's been a huge part of that team um Along with old Nate Schmidt, Robin Leonard is a great addition, right? Oh, the the fact that they can go with Leonard or Flurry, that's scary. Yeah, and I I would think Leonard would start 
against his old team in the Blackhawks. Yeah. So who was he was a backup there. So interesting to see Crawford versus his old protege. Uh, this will be a good. I think regardless, it'll be a great series to watch. This is going to be fun to watch for sure. Um, yeah. A couple, a couple of high powered teams now. Moving on, the Avs well, versus the yeah, Yips. pick. Oh, oh yeah. I guess uh, I'm gonna go. You know what? Um, it sucks, but I'm gonna have to pick Vegas here in six. Yeah, that's how I was thinking. What? Well, you Paul, know, stop that's, copying me. that number is just you know because it's like five is too soon, and <laughs> it's not always gonna go to seven. <laughs> you know what? Six is the best. Blackhawks and seven or Vegas and seven. Yeah. Blackhawks experience will carry them. Okay, fair enough. Um, if if the Blackhawks win this series, I think people should start perking up. I think that that's, that's a fucking insane... I think that if the Blackhawks win this series, they're probably going to go to the Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I Because th- they're just not going to... I mean, that's insane momentum. They've been counted out the entire year. Yeah, and these experienced guys are going to be like, this is our last chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Taze and Kane... Yeah, they're making that money, but you got to look at like Keith, Seabrook, Crawford. I mean, I think that if they start feeling themselves like this, that it's over. Uh, they're at least going to the cup if they if they do pull this upset off. Um, moving on. Sorry, I jumped the gun, but Avs Yotes, and I know that you're a, a closet Avs fan. I mean, I've, I'll just I'm just going to start. It's great to see the Yotes in the postseason, truly bona fide in the postseason. Richie Flores, you still owe me some fucking beers. I'm not going to let that die. Uh, but having the 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 Yotes out here finally making it in is is huge for the, huge for the sport. It's great great uh great opportunity there. And um, but I still think they're going to get hit in the mouth. And I've got the Avs in five. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say five as well. Oh, um, my God. Polly. Because the, the Yotes might steal one. Um, but and they look good against Nashville. But Nashville is not what they used to be. Right. And, and uh, I think the Avalanche are going to be like, this is a cute little stepping stone. <laughs> the Coyotes have... Uh been playing unsustainable hockey. Yeah. The story was Carey Price coming into the playing round, but really it should have been Darcy Kemper. Holy fuck. This dude's getting shelled for 40 a night and still coming away with the win. Yeah. You do that against the Avalanche, you're going to get fucking rocked. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Nashville's got players, right? They've got, but they. I don't think, they don't have a McKinnon. They don't have, you know... That ran in that that top end scoring anymore. Yeah. You know, Ryan Johansson, he's been a fucking bust this whole season. Philip Forsberg's been injured, coming back off a pretty serious foot in I think it was ankle injury. So he's probably not feeling himself like he should be, uh, or has in the past seasons. Uh I think that it's a a one hundred percent different scene. Um though you would say and I've seen this by uh, you know Richie and, and Corey from the sporty with Corey and Richie show. There are they're the 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 Zona um, podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. They I don't think the Yotes have lost the Avs this year. Yeah, and um, on top of that, I think that 
Kemper held them. They were they were holding uh, the Avs to less than two goals a game. Which, you know, that that's uh, definitely got to be a point of optimism for the Coyotes fans. Uh, the only thing I can say about that is that really doesn't mean anything now. Right. Uh, the only thing you can really do with that is look at film and try to recreate what you've already done. Exactly. Right. But and I, in- I agree. I think that that's kind of, you know... Those are all overblown. I mean, we're Capitals fans, so we know how many times we've owned the Penguins in the regular season and just fucking dropped series to them, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the Avalanche are looking at the Coyotes, and obviously they respect them because they're also professional athletes, but they're right. also not looking at them and being like, oh, Skirt. damn, they beat us in the regular season. We're, we're really going to have to show up. They're like, let's just go play hockey. Right. Let's play our game. Let's not let's not change too much. Right. And I would agree. I think that you're right. I, I, I don't think anybody's taking the Yotes serious. But again, if the Yotes do pull one out and they do win the series, highly unlikely to me. I mean, you think I think they get through the next team too. Yeah. I mean, beating the Avalanche, the only thing that I think would be better is beating the defending Stanley Cup champion Blues. Like right. Right, the Avalanche are without a doubt like one of one of the big boys in the West right now. Absolutely. So if the Coyotes could pull that off, they'd be riding high. Sure. Um one of the matchups that I just don't give a fucking flying fuck about, Stars versus Flames. <sighs> I hope that Kachuk and Ben just eliminate each other. <laughs> I am not, I mean, Calgary, good job. I don't even know, like, who, was? were the Flames the, they didn't have to do a play-in, did they? No, they did. Um, So it was the Stars? Yeah, the, the, it was Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and St. Louis. (laughs) What a shit show. Okay, well, then the Flames had to do, they, they, who did they play? That was, um. Uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. I didn't watch any of those games, and I watched the yeah, only Stars so. games I watched was against the Avalanche and a little bit against the Blues. Yeah, so I don't have a single read on the Stars other than what they've done in the past 10 years, and it's not been good. Um, as far as the Flames go, I who the fuck knows? I mean, they you know they beat Winnipeg. Winnipeg was dead in the water, I feel like, coming in. Again, they got injured as fuck. They, you know, Shifley was out. Their number one center was out. I, I don't know. I, I just, who knows here? Um, but I am going to say Stars and Seven. I'll go Stars and Six. Really? Come on. You ha- you're you not going to pick the Flames here? No. No. I I think, uh, I, I just, I like what the Stars have. The only thing that's bad for the Stars right now is Ben Bishop hasn't been playing. I don't know how long he's hurt. Uh, yeah, Kadobin. Kadobin's been their guy, but that's not a bad backup to no, have. No, not at all. Sure. Um, okay, Blues Nucks. Now, <clears throat> the Canucks had, to, had a good game, their elimination game against... Um, help me here. I'm, I'm fucking drawing a blank. Yeah, me too. Um, well, it wasn't the Oilers. Fuck. How do we not know this? 
anyways, the Blues, obviously, I have the Blues here in six. Um, the Canucks are, uh, the Canucks are, are um, I don't know. They're, they're good, but they're young. I don't know. I don't think they have enough in the tank. Uh, they're, they beat you know, the Wild. That's right. Fuck. The fucking Wild. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, it was the fucking Wild. That's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Ish. But I I don't see the Canucks moving on. The Blues have been playing well. I don't I don't believe the Blues are as powerhouse as people are making them out to be. But I will mm-hmm. say that they should get through this in six. Yeah, Blues in five. Blues in five? Yeah. All right. Wow. Tom Franklin and Wags are going to be fucking pumped about that. Um. All right. Well, those are our picks for the league. I know we kind of droned on and, and whatnot about this, but um, something that for Caps fans, we should definitely uh, cover a little bit. There's, I mean, here's a loaded question here, Polly. Uh, what, what do you think about this whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to fucking put you out to dry on that one. But uh, what, what have we seen? We've seen... Um, the NHL with a couple blanket statements come out supporting my uh, people of color is that that's their official stance um, and kind of supporting this Black Lives Matter movement. All good stuff. Um, had a couple guys kneel, Matt Dumba, and well, he he came out and gave a speech. Yeah, and which was greenlit by the NHL, so that's cool. It was ballsy, man. Yeah. You could you could tell he was nervous, but he powered through. Sure. Um, and it wasn't like a bad presentation, but you could just mm. tell he was nervous. And yeah, I mean, it was it was nice. I um, some people were upset with the NHL's response to this at first because um, the NBA was very vocal, right. and since guys weren't kneeling for the anthem. Uh, there was a big Twitter trend of, it was like hashtag uh, kneel for hockey, something like that. And it was right. a lot of people saying, I'm kneeling because the NHL's letting us down. And it quickly changed to things like the Matt Dumba statement. Um, and some players have started to kneel. Um, and not not just black athletes. It's been right. Tyler Sagan and... Uh, Leonard, too. Yeah, yeah, there was... Uh, he was like a big Trump supporter. Yeah, there was Leonard yeah. and then another guy from the Stars. And, you know, guys have been... Uh, they've been vocal. I think Taves is very vocal Yeah, about supporting it. So I, I hope it's not just a response to the social media. Hopefully right. they, they do give a shit. But they, they have... I mean, they've got Black Lives Matter stuff up in the rafters now, and they've done a few shout-outs regarding racial equality and frontline workers in COVID. That's cool. Yeah. I just hope it's not like virtue signaling. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we care, but then we're, we don't really don't. But, right. Uh, you know, I guess, um, I guess, uh, let's, uh, well... Let's get into the caps, but but only because uh, this kind of pertains to the caps, and, and we'll uh, we'll just get into the Washington wraparound right now and finish this discussion. Okay. 
Real quick, want to give a shout out to manscaped.com. Use code THPN for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that is manscaped.com. Use code THPN for 20% off and free shipping. Polly, how, how's the uh, how's how's the razor working out for you? Can't beat it. Shave your face, shave your nuts, shave your dog. Uh, versatility is key in life and and safety. Safety, yes. Convenience. Right. Waterproof. Uh, waterproof. Light on this thing. Lawnmower 3.0, it's out now. It's fucking sick. Can't beat it. Yeah. Um, I'm liking it. I've been using it a lot. Again, I would say I'll use it in the shower. It's been it's been great. It's been great. Um I can't complain. So uh go out, buy one. Again, that's manscaped.com. Use code THPN, get twenty percent off plus free shipping, manscaped.com. Use code THPN, 20% off, plus free shipping. Also, we wanted to tell you about, uh, Polly, since you're you know, not in the loop, um, House of Hockey with Ray Ray and Breezy. We've had them on this podcast before. The, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network has asked us to start pumping up other podcasts, or other, other hosts' podcasts, which... I think we do a good job. I mean, we literally had a Emmy-nominated, probably, uh, series that brought in all of our, a lot of our co-hosts, at least, um, in regards to just a good epi with Hockey Hockeyocalypse, right? Yeah. I feel like we do a good job. But given House of Hockey, uh, a good shout-out here, folks, if it's a, it's uh, two ladies who are diehard hockey fans, I'm sure Ray Ray is pumped to see is pumped to see the Blackhawks actually making it in because I know that she was probably low on them as everybody else was. And Breezy, uh, unfortunately is an LA Kings Maple Leafs fan and, uh, also a fan of the, the Preds. She's kind of out. Yeah. Tough <laughs> stuff. I think, I think she might be out completely. So brutal, but same time we love them. Great podcast. Check them out. The House of Hockey. All right, Caps fans. Just to finish that thought on the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, unfortunately, we had to have Polly had to dip out for a uh, bit of a thing that he's got to take care of. So you're just stuck with me, the Hockey Troll, for the rest of the podcast. Um, you're welcome. Enjoy it. But um, the Washington Capitals have released a statement that has basically come out in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement, and they have launched a ton of really cool programs ranging from youth to education, um, which honestly is not a not a terrible uh, terrible little initiative as far as their um, I guess their ideology as to how to you know correct racism. Uh, you know, because for me, I'm I'm basically in between uh you know having somewhere in between i'd like to see the 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 league and and the caps especially go is somewhere in between uh you know doing these ceremonies and and this kind of uh uh, i guess pumped up stuff versus uh dragging racists out and you know just executing them in the streets but that's uh that's another thing for an entire different podcast uh the Caps are going to do an all-caps at Fort DuPont, which if you've played hockey in the D.C. area, I mean, Fort, Fort DuPont's been uh, always been a pretty big rink. Uh, you know, I played in Fairfax, and we've, I've 
played at DuPont several times, had a couple great tournaments there. So uh, great thing there that they're doing as far as funding and uh, helping out the Fort DuPont Cannons, who are the oldest, uh, you know, people of color type hockey presence in D.C. Um, in fact, it's the oldest minority youth hockey program in North America. So awesome stuff there. Love to see it. Great rink that has gotten a lot of improvements. I mean, when I played in it, it was tough. It was, it was a, it was a little bit run down, but it seems like recently it's been getting some good improvements. So awesome to see. There's also been the capital impact fund, um, you know, designate funds to organizations that can assist in eliminating cost barriers faced by local minority youth players. So again, getting, getting more people of color interested and able to play the game, because we all know if you've played hockey ever, that cost is a huge, huge, uh, determining factor as to whether you're going to be able to play hockey access to the game. Again, is another uh, another uh, organization over the past two years. Capitals have built more than 10 rinks across Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. A couple awesome, really just great uh, outdoor roller rinks, things like that. Uh, again, all in an effort for low-income neighborhoods to increase the diversity and inclusion of the game. Uh, through funding um, from the league, Caps will continue to pledge funds towards building rinks and multi-sport facilities. So awesome stuff. Inside the game, uh, in a partnership with NBC Sports Washington, the Caps will donate a suite to hockey programs and groups affecting positive change in the sport. So, you know, great to give uh, some some awesome, you know, a great experience for people who are doing really good work um, in, in the community. So, again, uh, really good. NBC uh, Sports Washington Capitals play-by-play announcer Joe Benanotti and analyst Craig Laughlin all meet the individuals, discuss multiple career paths in the NHL um, and in the game of hockey. So, awesome. Up to us, coaches, through the Monumental Sports Entertainment Foundation, Caps have funded six hockey and skating up to us coaches at Fort DuPont. You know, there's that rink again. Amazing, uh, a really good uh situation there getting good coaches in to to uh assist and and you know help grow the game on the education side um there's a diversity in hockey committee the caps will work with community organization leaders to launch a diversity in hockey committee that meets on a consistent basis to address ways to eradicate racism and discuss who are the game in underserved communities United for Player Change panel. Um, you know, Joel Ward coming back in, getting on this panel. Uh, Brendan Dillon, Garnet Hathaway, and Holpe all participate in a roundtable discussion on racial equality. All part of NBC Sports Washington's ongoing Race in America initiative. Chris Miller moderates this. This is kind of like a, just kind of like an open discussion between these, these players and um, really a great way to promote, you know, civil discourse because that is a huge thing lacking in today's world. Player staff and education, also the national museum of African-American history and culture, you know, great, awesome building in, in the DC in DC that, that has an awesome, uh, museum there. Uh, 
devoted to showcasing African-American history, that's going to be the, the Caps are partnering up with them to educate their players and staff. So kind of a pretty holistic uh, approach here finally in, in the awareness. So that was a, that was obviously, you know, youth hockey, you know, educating children and, and getting kids involved, then educating people it, as a whole. And then awareness is, is a, is the last kind of prong of this initiative. Uh, black hockey microsite, the caps have launched this, this uh, black hockey microsite with a focus on capital specific and lead wide initiatives. So check it out. I'm sure it's uh, available on any Google machine. So, uh, give you some some uh, great specific programs and initiatives that you can get involved in. Also, honoring our history, while some people may not think it's a lot, and it really, unfortunately, isn't, but uh, the Capitals have been among the most diverse teams in the NHL with 11 black p- players. So kind of, um, you know, giving a in-person display at Capital One, donated, or pointed specifically at the organization's black history and players is, is something that the caps are going to do as well. Uh, yeah. And you're right. Uh, you know, 1974, since 1974, only 11 black players have played for the caps, but that is a lot more than many other teams. Uh, you know, it's a stepping point. It's a, it's a, it's a stepping stone here, right? I mean, baby steps, uh, you know, would love to see more and I guarantee we will. So, Day by day here, um, and the monumental impact is during select games throughout the future seasons, the Capitals dedicate in-game programming to recognizing and celebrating black individuals who've made a positive impact in their industry. So, again, just hyping up uh, people of color here. Finally, all caps to support players against hate. In 2019, the Metro Maple Leafs, a Maryland-based youth hockey team, youth hockey team had a... Uh, uh, at a Capitals game after a player on the team faced racial taunts during his youth hockey game. So had this kid in, um, and I remember this this happening that I think it was a Pennsylvania team that, you know, said some obviously reprehensible things while on the ice and it caught wind. So the organization uh, Players Against Hate was formed after this. Um, it's determined to increase awareness of racism in youth sports and stop it. Um that and name calling and bullying. So, you know, obviously there's a, there's a point of talking shit and chirping, which I love. Uh, but when you cross that line, it's just uh, no good, obviously. So these are all, I uh, didn't mean to really kind of read them off to you. This is all from a, a, a SB Nation article that uh, was written by Becca H. And you can check it out. It's a good article. Really outlines all the things. So you know, I guess it really isn't just virtue signaling. This is the the capitals are really going to take over and and start giving out some um you know some educating, helping the youth, uh, especially in areas where people of color are. And I think it's great. So if you don't agree, I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> all right, moving on though. Uh. The Caps have not been playing very well in this round robin, and I'm not really sure why that is, uh, other than we have every excuse in the book to not play well. Daddy Eller came back. He is in the bubble again, so he has got to go through four consecutive uh, negative tests for COVID. 
and uh, you know, good for him. He's got his, his second kid. I think he's a boy. Uh, so he'll be back soon. But still, John Carlson's been on the shelf. I don't know what that is about. Uh, he took a really nasty spill in the exhibition game, basically the splits and then a header into the boards. He's out, and they're calling it precautionary, but he hasn't played at all during the round robin. We're definitely hoping to see him back in the first round. My inclination, though, is that he may be out. It's, this may be a real injury that the, the Caps are downplaying. Obviously, I hope that that's not the case. But if it is, losing your number one defenseman, Norris Trophy candidate, is a bad situation. So who knows what's going to be there, but look out for news on that. Uh, you know... The NHL, though, I love the I love the whole thing with Eller coming back because the NHL has really just done it right. Four tests, four tests for four days in a row to return return to even like seeing the team. So he's basically in quarantine, chilling out in a, hotel, a swanky hotel room, probably eating good food and, and chilling, but very much in quarantine. Hopefully, he gets those four tests done and can return. Though Travis Boyd did do a great job filling in for him for the game that we that uh, we lost against uh, uh, the Flyers, so great stuff there. I I love it. I can't believe the NHL is actually doing something right. Um, more news if you haven't heard. Samsonov came in and it was a big mystery as to why he's not playing, why he's not even going to enter the bubble. Uh, why is it that he is now just like being good, like hoping to be good for next season? He went on an ATV trip, uh, ripping through the forest of Russia and fucked himself up on his neck and back. And the reports that I read said that the injuries were extensive. Not great. Not great at all. Um, That's really shitty, and I wonder what that's going to do with the option of bringing Holtby back, or if it's going to increase the. I, 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 I first of all don't see a situation where Holtby takes such a huge pay cut and stays with Washington, but <clears throat> having Samsonov out is going to be that's a that's a tough situation, though it is a bit of an opportunity for Vitek Vanacek to show if he is NHL ready or not. Um, what what the hell like if you're a pro athlete and i mean i get it he's a young kid he wants to he wants to do what he wants to do but man imagine if this is a career ending type situation first of all it would suck for him but it would also suck a lot for us caps fans who saw a really great rookie showing from samsonov this year caps around robin results again we just talked about this touched on it briefly uh Against the Flyers on August 6th, the Flyers just came out and dominated the game the whole time. Uh, We couldn't really do much. It was kind of embarrassing. I think they're for real. I think they're an actual team that is going to try to make a deep playoff run. Um, They're saddled with the first seed and get to play Montreal. If Montreal goes through them, I would be very surprised. So, looks like kind of a... Uh, easy first round for the for the Flyers to say the least, but you never know if 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 Montreal can trap and Carey Price can play out of his mind. I guess anything's possible. <clears throat> you know the uh, 
the first goal, weak play by Gudis, which gave him the opportunity in front. Uh, nice pass by uh, Konecki, and boom, one nothing. Kevin Hayes decided to introduce Washington to his big dick energy. Um, <laughs> the only reason uh, it was, this was close is because Holpe was was good, and uh, uh, that's that's basically it. Uh, not a great game um, against the Bruins, which happened today. Um, Oshi looked good, got a netted one. Same with St. Thomas. Um, really good, awesome, awesome stuff to see. Scoring up and down the lineup. Um, Chara's looking old. Uh, Oshbabe kind of got in on him uh, by overpowering him and and getting a shot at the net. Uh, Oshie's that Quintus. You know, I love this guy. I love his game. Always a a dogged player with talent. You know, hands and talent to back it up. Uh, and again, you know, we've sang his praises on this podcast many times. You didn't think that Oshie was going to be this guy when, when he came to Washington, but lo and behold, he ends up being one of those skilled players and, and we couldn't love it enough. Um, <clears throat> second goal, St. Thomas, just beautiful snipe. Uh, he can do it all fight, hit, score, skate, whatever you want. Um, the Caps came out, had this game under control. Uh, it's great to see them at least get this kind of layup, whether the Bruins are trying or not, whether they're sandbagging or not, who the hell knows. In any case, it's a good confidence booster into the first round against the New York Islanders. This is not going to be a easy series against the Isles, but... At the same time, at least it might give us a opportunity to talk to Grumpy Old Man and TJ from the Never Say Die podcast, our New York Islander reps at the Hockey Podcast Network. And again, I think that this—I think that the Islander series is going to go probably six or seven. I don't have the Caps losing it here, though, ladies and gentlemen. I think that they were embarrassed a little bit on a first first round out. In game a seven game first round out last year, this year <clears throat> they have the the which I I well, I think is a benefit, the benefit of having some time off, being able to straight up say hey this is this is where we perform best and that's right when we first start the season, when everybody else is kind of flat, um, going off and and maybe losing a handful of games in the first 20. So if they can pull off that trend again, as if this is a brand new season, you know, barring John Carlson coming back or any crazy injuries, I think we have a good chance here to go deep. Obviously I've picked them to win the cup as I do every year, but I mean, with the COVID cup, anything's possible. Uh, And I think that caps fans, we have a, a really good reason to be optimistic about our chances here. So, when we talk to you next week, it will be uh, we'll be into play. So we'll be able to break down some games for you. We'll be getting you that, uh, uh, of course, as always. But until next week, it's me, the Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at CapsChirp on Twitter and Instagram. 
Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.